What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Gaming Disorder Podcast. I am your host, the Forte Jorge. With me, as always, my illustrious co-host, Dylan Lang. Dylan, good morning, everyone. How are you? How are you doing today? Not too bad. Uh, I'd say it's kind of a busy morning. I'm just relieved it's the weekend. Not really much planned after this. Probably just gonna clean up the place. It's been a while since we've straightened up, so probably That's take good. care of that in my free time later on in the day. How about you? Not too bad. I can't complain. I was feeling a little bit under the weather yesterday. I had kind of like a half day from work. I got off at 2.30. I usually get off like around 5. I came home. I played some some Dead by Daylight with some friends. And then I just had like some curry chicken and around 8 o'clock. It's funny. I kind of, I like to think that I know my body. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to definitely throw up. And sure enough. Like around eight o'clock, eight fifteen, it was just a massacre. Like, oh, dude, violently vomiting in the bathroom, and my girlfriend's like, "Hey, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And then basically, I was out of commission for the rest of the day. Um, but for the most part, you know, it, I'm I'm fine now. Uh, it was just dude, you know, man, probably that, something I yeah. ate. So, well, I hope you feel better today, man. Honestly, yeah, I'm feeling maybe it's just good. whatever you ate. So, I'm just glad it passed. Yeah, trust me. I have a I have a terrible terrible way of eating things. Like I had curry chicken, and then like I had like a bean burrito or something. So honestly, that it was doesn't more... sound like a terrible way of eating. No, it was one hundred percent my fault, and I'm like mixing <laughs> cilantro ranch in there, and it was one hundred percent my fault. But no, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good today. All right. I'm pretty excited. I've been looking forward to today all week because this is now episode two. We have episode one out of the way. A little we bit sure of an do. introduction for yourself. Uh, a couple of things I just want to point out to anyone listening. So there were some complications with the editing of what was episode zero, which was a solo episode of me by myself just kind of explaining a brief history of you know how I got into gaming and my passions and you know, like a overall summary of, of my life in games. So I decided, you know, the audio wasn't super great and some settings, you know, weren't where they needed to be, where I felt comfortable releasing it. So we just, I I decided to just scrap, uh, episode zero. So, you know, episode one is going to be episode one. You're not missing a particular episode. I think later on Dylan, what we can do is we can do a little bit more of a deep dive kind of similar to what I did on my on my own but in terms of the quality I just wasn't comfortable putting it out there you know I want to make sure that the listeners get a good product out there something that I I, I can say that is worthy of me putting our names on it you know so yeah uh, hopefully hopefully in the future we, we get like a little bit of a rundown to make up for that but I just wanted to let everyone know out there because I know that we reference episode zero a few times in there and like where is it I can't find it well episode zero unfortunately it was lost in the ether but 
That just means that from now on, you're only going to get quality stuff. If you notice any differences in terms of how it sounds, we're using a new recording software. For this episode, uh, we are using CleanFeed as opposed to we were actually using Zoom and then kind of just stripping the audio from it and editing that. So in editing, I'm sure I'll hear if there's any differences, but you guys can also let me know what kind of uh, differences you hear if you like one over the other. And obviously, we want to make sure that this is good for your for your ears. So we're going to be taking that feedback uh, seriously. So yeah. So Dylan, tell me, tell me, since last week, what are you, what are you playing? What are you doing? What's, what's your life like? Uh, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, so nice. that's been going real interesting no lately. I won't tell you a detail. You have to pick up the game yourself. Oh, sure, I've also though. been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, you have? Yeah. It's Bro. funny because I saw you playing it, and then yeah. I had bought it. I maybe like an hour, hour and a half in, I got through the prologue. But it's, you know, obviously no spoilers. And okay. I think a little bit later on, maybe a month or so after the game is out, we can do kind of like a Ghost of Tsushima spoiler cast because I'm, oh, I'm having yes. a pretty good time with it. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it so far. It's really good. Uh, I mean, what are some things you would like to talk about it at least comfortably right now? Like within your hour of reasonable gameplay, was it just cutscenes at least? Like, how, how do you feel? Um, I feel good. I feel like it's a good palate cleanser. I don't want to go too, too much into it, because I feel we okay. would repeat ourselves if we do a dedicated episode to, to Ghosts. That's um, fair. But I will say I'm having fun. Okay. It's a great looking game in terms of like the, the style that they're going for, and it feels like one of those... 60s 70s era samurai films oh yeah dude um, it's so it's, awesome it's such a it, it's i use the term palate cleanser because you know coming off of the last of us part two and you know all these heavy hitters ghost of Tsushima feels like a nice little like a breather you know it's yeah. it's it's less it's more of a video game than the last of us part two and i know it sounds weird because they're all video games but yeah it's a good little refresher i guess you could oh, say yeah. so it's something I, brand new yeah and what do you? How do you feel about it? How's... It's well, I tell you right now, it's taking up a toll of my time, mm-hmm. like free time wise. As soon as I'm done with classes, it's just a ghost or I watch like that '70s show. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, man. Classic. Ah, I'm just getting into it. Like I'm getting some of the references now, but yeah. before I was like, ah. How God. many? How many hours into Tsushima are you? I haven't taken a look at the playtime. I can say for sure that since I've picked it up. I've played it pretty nonstop. Nice. If I am gaming, like I haven't even played Smash Bros with Preston lately, yeah. so I'm just saying that that tells you that it's keeping me occupied. But <laughs> I think pr- before, whenever we were doing a pre-episode two recording, and that kind of went bad, you mentioned playing Dying Light again. How's that going? Oh no, not Dying Light. Dead by Daylight. Oh. Dead by Daylight. Yes. Uh. So two separate games. Mind oh, you. okay. That's when... the horror game, right? Yes. So. It's so funny because I, I, I find myself in these patterns when people ask me, what are you playing? What do you, you know, what's currently fixated on your attention? I'm always, I feel like I'm always playing Dead by Daylight. Okay. And for those of you listening out there who don't know, Dead by Daylight is a asymmetric multiplayer horror game. And what I mean by that is you can play one of two roles. Oh, I'm sorry, I just banged my mic. This is the professional podcasting you get. <laughs> with the it's game all right, we'll fix podcast. it up in editing, bro. <laughs> I'll try to edit that out. I'm terrible at it, but yeah, Dead we'll by just Daylight, edit up to here, out too. If anything, yeah, no, is, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is a asymmetric multiplayer horror game. You play one of two roles. You are either a killer or you're a survivor. 
if you are a survivor, you're playing on a team of four people. Your objective, and there's different uh, maps that you play on, your objective is to complete five generators by repairing them so that you can power a door that you can open so that you can escape the trial. As the role of the killer, obviously your role is to kill the survivors. And you do this by, if you hit a survivor, you have to hit them twice to basically down them. And then you pick them up, you bring them, and you put them on hooks. And there's various systems involved. There's different killers. Some of them are from licensed franchises. So you have Freddy Krueger. You have uh, the dude from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You have the pig from the Saw movies, things like that. And then they also have unique killers that are, aren't from any other franchise. They're just specific to the game. And all the killers have different powers and, and things that they can do that are unique to them. So, for instance, yeah. if you're playing as the Freddy Krueger killer, everyone has an internal timer where they start to fall asleep and once they're in the dream world oh like, what it gives freddy certain perks that he's able to do and other people can wake you up to kind of help you and things like that the guy from the Texas chainsaw massacre he has like a chainsaw that he charges and if he hits you with it he doesn't have to hit you twice he can down you in one shot good god so, things like that and then you have certain perks that specific killers have that you have like this picture like a skill tree it's called the blood web and once you reach, I think, like level 35, 40 with the killers, you unlock certain teachable perks that you can use with other killers, provided that you unlocked it in their blood web. Yeah. So, you know, it, there's mix and matchings of builds and things like that. And the same goes for survivors. Certain survivors have uh, specific perks that are to them. So, for example, there's one that a character has that's called Adrenaline, that if the last generator is repaired and you're injured, it automatically heals you and kind of gives you like a speed boost for five seconds. There are other ones where if you unhook a survivor and then the killer goes to strike that survivor, they have like this six second window of invulnerability hmm. uh against hits things like that but uh. it's great it's so funny because it, it is a horror game to me it's no longer even scary just because i really like stuff like that uh, but usually i'll hop on with like i have maybe like four or five friends who who i play dead by daylight regularly with and it's just so fun it's one of the most fun games that i i play but sometimes it is frustrating especially when you get into into higher ranks because the the whole the game is based off of how well you do so once well you first do you start... play primarily as a survivor or do you prefer playing as a killer i switch back and forth to be honest okay. if you i'm don't playing, have a preference i think I, I okay so i have a preference and i don't have a preference if i'm playing by myself i play killer okay if i have my friends who are online i'm playing survivor because we communicate it's definitely a lot easier if you have people to play with you don't get me wrong you can still play dead by daylight if you're playing by yourself it's just easier because if you're communicating with your friend saying hey the killer's over here or i'm about to finish this generator or hey he's carrying this person over here it definitely makes it a lot easier but oh yeah yeah dead by daylight it's in for those of you out there i if you have PlayStation Plus on the PlayStation, because I, like I said, I'm primarily a PlayStation person, uh, which we'll go into our conversation a little bit later. Oh, uh, yeah. You have PlayStation Plus. I believe it was free uh, one month for PlayStation Plus, so oh, you yeah. might have it. it too. Yeah, I recommend everyone if you have PlayStation Plus, even if you don't download the games, you can add them to your library, and you would be surprised some of the gems that are on there. PlayStation Plus is such a great service because I, I really enjoy, you know, some sometimes the games that come out in the month aren't that great, but I have found some really like top tier games that i would have probably never played had i not gotten it for free so mm. 
It's true. Shoot, Resident Evil came out. Shadow of Colossus, PlayStation mm. Plus. It's a really good thing. You get a lot of good titles. Yeah, but enough about that. Uh, today's episode, we are talking about the dreaded console wars. Where we stand, where our allegiances are, if we have any, and the new quote-unquote console war of entering the next generation, which is the Xbox Series uh, X or Xbox One, to be honest, I'm not really sure what their naming scheme is. To be honest, I'm not sure what it is either. Yeah, the naming scheme for Xbox has kind of always thrown me off, and mind you, I I, I just want to say this ahead of time. Me and Dylan might come off a little bit biased because the majority of my gaming history my gaming expertise not expertise experience is with playstation that being said i owned a regular the first xbox i had a 360 i had an xbox one for a short while so i have experience with i have i have experience with both and then obviously the like you know switch and all that but so i i don't want to come off as biased these are just personal opinions obviously you know if you guys feel a certain way reach out to us let us know how how, why is your favorite your favorite why do you enjoy this over this or if you even have a preference but so yeah let's let's go ahead and get into it dylan yeah let's dive in the console Um, wars tell me i've always been towards playstation personally Mm -hmm. and i feel like my decision is still towards that bias uh, Xbox has a lot of good things about them. Like, I've I've had an Xbox in the past, but I also got a PlayStation 3 then later on, you know? Like, we had a 360 for a bit, and then I had gotten a PlayStation 3 later on down the line. But we had some problems with the Xbox, but there were some good titles on it. Like, oh, Left for Dead? That was oh, yeah. a really Left great game. Great now, yeah. when you're referring oh, to God. the Xbox, which one are you referring to? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for asking. Um, the Xbox 360. That was okay. the... We had an Xbox 2 before, like, in the past, but we never really played with it. But mm-hmm. it was more my dad's. But uh, we had gotten a 360 before, my brother. And then we started playing on that for a bit. And they had some good games for themselves, you know? Left 4 Dead was one of the... I think it was a exclusive title for that console. That and the PC, obviously, so. but... Yeah. You know, to be able to play that on a console mm-hmm. was a really interesting experience. Plus, it's like, think back whenever you're land partying, split screen, you know? Yes. It had that aspect to it, too, in co-op, you know? So that was pretty interesting. Like, it's strange to see that games these days don't have a cooperative system like that online. Like, I think Fortnite has it now. Mm-hmm. But that's Fortnite, you know? So that's server with hundreds of people in one game so it makes sense to kind of have that kind of a game have that type of you know aspect to it yeah so yeah you know kind of branching over the topic of the console wars you say you had a, a 360 at one point when was the first time you kind of felt you had to make a decision between one or the other or when was the first time you kind of started noticing yourself leaning to one more than the other do you remember when when the first time that was yeah uh probably whenever my we had first gotten the xbox i definitely was like oh man we got an xbox for sure but like gaming i guess coming to be honest i think coming from the playstation's background i'm just a lot more familiar with the way it is like the control the controller feels different for example for an example you know 
Mm-hmm. Is there a That's nuclear bomb going off in the background of your... I think my little brother might have work later on. Oh. Sorry, we have a very busy house. Yeah, it sounds like it, <laughs> but uh, no worries. Yeah. So, I think the first time I noticed a, a, a difference, uh, or not necessarily a difference, because, you know, you have the the console generations that come out you know you have ps1 versus n64 you know sega's thrown in the mix and then we all saw how that turned out i think really when i start to think of the quote-unquote console wars the first thing that comes to mind for me is ps2 versus xbox and then i think it was the gamecube at the time okay now for me personally oh yeah that was a three yeah there usually were like the three yeah but for me it's kind of funny because it always came down to either uh sony or microsoft it always came down to those two because nintendo was never really a forerunner in the quote-unquote console wars which it's i'm gonna i'm gonna preface all of this conversation by saying play what you want play which system you want play the games you want to play if the ecosystem that you want to be a part of is the xbox system that's great if you want to be a part of the playstation ecosystem that's also great I personally don't care. I think that the whole concept of the console war is kind of stupid because it's it, it just comes down to personal preference. Like, I'm not going to fault someone for, you know, wanting to play Halo or something like that. I, I got a PS2 during that generation, so that was kind of what I was leaning into. And, you know, PS2 has so many great games. I think still the best-selling, you know, one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Um, and it's funny just looking at the, the list of all the best-selling consoles of all time i think like three of them are playstation consoles uh from what i understand xbox doesn't really do all that great in countries like japan i'm not necessarily sure why maybe it could have to do with the fact that sony is a japanese brand um but uh, from what i understand they don't you know they don't have the best sales numbers in you know other countries the u.s i think is like their main hub for for sales but it's so funny because i had the first xbox maybe right before the ps3 had come out and i'm going to give credit to where credit is due and i'm going to give criticism where criticism is due but the original xbox controller was massive i think it was called the duke that thing was like a brick in a purse (laughs) you know you could have gave someone a concussion with that thing you know it was so obnoxious and it but it felt sturdy you know it felt like something that you wouldn't easily break and if i remember correctly the original xbox much like the gamecube had the four slots four controllers you're right i think they did and i'll be honest my internet setup at my house at this time wasn't even that great i think we had internet i can't even remember so if that's any indication but I never really started experimenting with online play until like the PS3 era years later. But sorry, the... my cat's just scratching himself in the back. <laughs> it's all good. But the Xbox, one of the things I first noticed, you know, it had the capabilities of Xbox Live. And I think the PS2 as well had like a network adapter you can connect to. I never messed around with that. But it was so funny because one of the features that I remember loving about the Xbox was that if you put like a music CD in, you could take the music off and store it on the console. Wait, you could do that with the Xbox? With the original Xbox. And in I fact, no I'm pretty sure you could also do that with the 360. So, Yeah, but who buys music CDs these days? Except collectors. Well, not course. these days, of course. You gotta 
picture this circa 2005, 2004, okay. even, I think even, yeah, probably around that time. And me, I buy music CDs to this day. That's one of the few, I know in the first episode we talked about how I don't really buy physical media, uh, for games at least, but I do buy physical media for music. It's one of my favorite things. It takes up less space, but... Wait, so you're saying that people back then in like 2008 could put CDs in their Xbox, put music on their Xbox, and play their music from their TV on their Xbox. Yes. Doesn't that... sound like an Xbox, man. Sounds like a jukebox to me. <laughs> Hang on, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm picking up like a slight static from my mic, so I'm just trying to like kind of make sure that it's not there the whole time, but we'll, we'll play around with that. Um, All right. Yes, yeah, so the original Xbox, you could do that. You could rip CDs off. And if I remember correctly, I don't really know if you could do this for the 360, but I'm almost 100% sure you could do this on the regular Xbox, which was the music that you like took off of CDs, you could play during games. You know what Xbox needs to up their sales? They need an Xbox portable. Think about it. A portal? A portable. Oh, I don't an know Xbox if that's... Portable. I doubt that, dude. <laughs> I doubt that. First of all, if they haven't gotten into it by now, I don't think that there's a point, especially with the <laughs> Switch being so so Prevalent prominent. In and listen, household. Yeah. Let's, let's be real, all right? I am a diehard fan of the Vita. I am staring at two of them right now. They are on my desk. Two? Two, yeah. I have like three okay. Vitas. I'm a diehard fan of sony's portable consoles i have a psp and a psp go still the batteries are probably all shot on them but still i still have them and you know it's it's one of those things of sony i feel is the company that you know i I don't know how soon they'll make another portable console i always hope that they'll make another portable console because i love them but that's one of the things and i've heard this on other shows before and it's a sentiment i completely agree with this why would you concede the handheld market to nintendo because you know nintendo now with the switch and the switch Lite, i have both by the way i have a switch that kind of just stays in the house and then i have a light that if i do want to bring something with me that's what i bring with me so i never really understood why any company would just kind of let them have that market because the 3ds i'm pretty sure they're still releasing 3ds games in in 2020 yeah Um, and part of me is like actually let that shit die like it is such an underpowered console i look i'm getting off topic because this episode is about (laughs) the console wars but i will say i have a very long history with the 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 nintendo handhelds and i feel like put it on the list though that that, that's interesting i didn't think they should just kill off the 3ds right now i do oh they should have killed it like six years ago but whatever that's my opinion (laughs) it's 2020 when did the 3ds first come out let's be real but but i know like the 3ds is like massive in japan because you know public transportation is a thing you see people on the train with them but so i'm surprised that with you know whenever people make references to the console wars and stuff nintendo is usually like the sideline people that just kind of watch the fight and you know they're just spe- spectators of yeah what's going there on. if playstation and xbox are the two kids like fighting in the front yard yeah nintendo is like the little kid eating dirt in the backyard <laughs> like he's kind of just doing his own thing he's not really worried about what the other two are doing he has his dirt he has his crayons he's happy you know right but because even now, like, if you look at the, the, if we look at our current, quote-unquote, current uh, 
console war, you know, the PS4 versus Xbox One, and then you had the Switch. The Switch came out later than those, but it came out later than the PS4 and Xbox One, but was still ridiculously underpowered in terms of hardware. When you look at the guts of the Switch, the thing is extremely underpowered, but... Yeah. The thing about Nintendo is gives out so many. Their thing isn't 4K settings. You know, it's not 60 frames. It's you know, games like Smash run perfectly fine on the Switch. Games like Mario Kart run perfectly fine on the Switch because these aren't you know, some of these games look pretty good. But I'm not in terms of you know, the Switch has done a very good job this generation of having that third party support because I feel like that's what fucked over the Wii U a lot. I mean, the Wii U was a fucking monstrosity. Let's be honest. That this generation you do you do see that third party support for nintendo because you have all these great indie games on it you have you're seeing assassin's creed games on it you know from ubisoft you're seeing they're they're getting stuff regularly and i don't really know what the future or the rest of 2020 or even 2021 looks for the switch because in terms of like heavy hitter games like I can't really think of any, but like I said, they're kind of just the the background noise, I feel, (laughs) in terms of the console generation, because I don't see myself ever getting a Nintendo console to have it be my primary console. It's kind of like, I get my PlayStation, if Xbox ever convinces me to get an Xbox, I'll get an Xbox, but the Nintendo system is just what I have, like, okay, this is for Mario Kart, this is for blank, like, I don't even have my Switch in the same room that I have my PlayStation in, because I have... I have a den, which is where I have my TV, I have my PC, I have my mic set up, I got my PlayStation in here. The Switch is in the living room. The Switch, the Switch is, is the... also portable, so, because yeah. you have a Switch Lite, so... Well, I have two. So, like God. I said, I have the regular Switch, and that just stays in the dock. And the reason I have it in the living room is because, like, let's say one of my friends comes over and they're like, oh, let's play Mario Kart, let's play Mario Party, let's play this, let's play that. I have it on the big TV. This yeah. over here I have on my monitor, you know, 144 hertz or whatever, but... It's it's always been an addition. It's never been a console I got to replace something. That's just you know that's just personal preference. Yeah, but anyways, back to the topic of console wars and everything with the GameCube lineup, the Xbox, and the PS2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think back at that time, my choice was the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Mind you, a lot of titles that could have been on the PlayStation were also on the GameCube, so mm-hmm. I feel like... Yes, was, they did a pretty good job at that that, that generation. Yeah, they, they mixed like titles well between like the consoles pretty good, so it was like a good idea. Like If you preferred like a control set out, setting or just the way it feels for one console over another, I felt like Nintendo always kind of had that interesting mm-hmm. about them. You know? Yeah, they definitely had the... You know, it's funny because I always felt Sony followed the if it's not broken, don't fix it, but improve on it motto for their controllers because you had the original PlayStation controller, then you had the PlayStation 1 controller where they added the analog sticks to it. I think that was the DualShock 1. Yeah. And then they turned, you know, PlayStation 2, DualShock 2... DualShock 3 for the PlayStation 3, although they did do the 6-axis axis controller, which was the really, really lightweight one. I think they removed the rumble. I fucking hated that controller for the PS3. It just it just did not feel great. And then, of course, the DualShock 4, which is my favorite controller so far. But Nintendo's whole thing is like, fuck it. We're going to scrap it and just make it because if you go from the from the <laughs> nes to the super nes the, the obviously you know one is square the other one is smooth but for the most part it follows you know, you have the two additional buttons you have the shoulder buttons on top 
very innovative because they were the, I believe Nintendo was the first one to add buttons on the top. But then from Super Nintendo to the Nintendo 64, it's like, okay, games are a little bit three-dimensional now, so you need that sort of analog stick in the middle. And then the fucking GameCube controller after that, which some buttons, I swear to God, I don't know if I ever even knew were on the controller. They, <laughs> they, they I feel like that's be... more with the N64 for me, not the GameCube. Yeah. Oh, I hate. The, I'm gonna be honest. I hate the GameCube controller. Oh God, it's right. One of my least favorite. Most of the games well, never used all those buttons either. Like yeah. they had a D-pad. They had a stick in the center. They had a pause button. The yeah. Z button. The Z button. They had like, where two the fuck triggers. Is the Z button? <laughs> I know. And then they got like this. I, I think at the time, like they didn't really have a lot of buttons that controlled like the camera angle. I so think that's they had, what the like, yellow one. Four. Yeah. Was four in the. For, in the GameCube, not the, yeah, in the GameCube controller. Yeah, but even then, you know, that, that's whenever, like, camera angles became omnidirectional, you know? Like, you had games back then, like Resident Evil, that gave you, like, fixed corners and fixed stuff like that. Fixed camera angles, yeah. Exactly. And with, you know, GameCube, well, I'm sorry, N64, they had that four-button layout that you used mainly to just control camera settings and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, I don't think... Was it, like, a control stick you had to use for a GoldenEye or anything like that, now that I think about it? I or don't you believe you use those four so. buttons also? No, I don't think you ever did, just because of... I know the big uh, thing with the N64 controller is it forced you to hold it the same way. Whether you were left-handed or right-handed, You, I, I think it forced you to hold it the same way because... Hmm of just the positioning so i don't yeah. know I, it's funny i'd love to i'd love to hear from someone who is left-handed and be like how do you operate the n64 controller because you know on one side you have the directional pad and on the other side you have your your face buttons um so i'm just curious because i don't know if i've ever met someone who was left-handed and using a n64 controller i, I don't think that would I've, be i ever have I, i'd love to know because things like accessibility and and all that is something that I'm, I'm a huge pusher of. Like, I believe games should be more accessible for people, whether you have some sort of uh, physical impairment or anything like that, or motor function, anything of that sort. I, I really do believe that companies should be on the on the kind of, like, front lines of making things more accessible for everybody. But I think we are seeing that. It's something I don't know if you could see with, like, the GameCube controller, because how, how would you even use that? I mean, I have no physical impairments whatsoever and i feel like i don't know how to use a gamecube controller so yeah. gamecube controllers at the time though they felt they felt like a playstation controller but just a little i don't know I, I guess like the way it's contoured and stuff like that the way it's shaped it fit better in your hand for some games so let me ask you this dylan you said that particular generation the ps2 xbox game you can do console generation you stuck with gamecube which is you yeah know, I always found very interesting, you know, one of the things that I loved about the GameCube was it just looked like a lunchbox. It had a handle. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> you know, right? It was tiny. At one point, I don't know if you remember, but when I first moved back to, or when I first moved back to, to New Orleans, I went to this thrift shop uh, in Harahan, which is like some tiny, irrelevant town, but they have a massive thrift shop, and of course, all thrift shops, you know, have like an electronics section, and I was just rummaging through everything, and they had like four GameCubes, and I think that they were selling them for like $10 a piece, and I bought like all four of them. Damn. Um, and then I got wires on Amazon and controllers and stuff, and then I, I was rocking the GameCube hard in like 2012 nice. for a while. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think I'd bought my PS4 yet, or I did, but I might have sold my first PS4, because I... 
I hadn't found work at the time, but with you sticking with GameCube, like tell me what are some of the what are some of the the core experiences you remember on GameCube? Hmm. Man, Super Mario Sunshine was a Sunshine. really good game. Sunshine. I've never played it. Uh, yeah, it's like the it was like the next step up after Mario sixty four, Super Mario sixty four. Yeah. And then after that, you know, you, they have the Galaxy series, and then after that, you have the uh, Odyssey now currently. Which I haven't played, but I would love to. Shoot, that's something I should pick up on my Switch sometime soon. So, with that particular generation, would you say that it was mostly the first party? Because I know that there were some great games on the GameCube that you just didn't see anywhere else. The, the remake, or not the remake, but I guess like the remaster of Metal Gear Solid was on GameCube. I think it was Twin Snakes, which was made for more modern gra- the the graphics at that time. And Metal Gear Solid, obviously a franchise that, you know, originally started on, on Nintendo, but then I feel gained prominence with Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation 1 and Metal Gear Solid 2 on PlayStation 2. And then, you know, you had Twin Snakes on the GameCube. And, you know, of course, everyone talks about Smash, which was it Melee? Yeah. Or was it Brawl? Brawl was on the, on the Wii. Okay, so it was Melee, Melee was then. on the GameCube. Which I hear, and I'm not really ingrained in the Smash community, I feel you are. I hear that that is, like, everyone's go-to Smash game. Yeah. How, why, why is that? It just, I think it was just, like, a huge step up with, like, additional mechanics being added to the game. Because, like, in 64, you didn't have the side special, so every character in the game having that additional feature added to them on top of all the other additional game mechanics like spot dodging air dodging all these other things like they brought a lot of different things whenever it comes to playing the game to the game like yeah you get like parries and stuff like that but in teching what that was also included in melee too those are just more competitive things that people would do in like ultimate currently but like they just kind of opened the window to a lot of new different things to be like a different different ways to play the game basically okay now do you feel with melee i guess in the next one being brawl on the wii i remember playing that one a lot uh do you feel because now you have ultimate how, how do you feel in terms of like progression for the smash series because i know smash ultimate's big thing is you know we have every character that's ever been available ever on yeah. it. and you know online play is a big thing now because the God. infrastructure for online play is there i know smash for me at least on the n64 and even on the gamecube was very much local you know in person it wasn't anything about <laughs> uh yeah. online connectivity or anything like that. And i was like who is next to you in your bedroom you know or your yeah. living room or wherever you happen to be at um how do you feel about the, the you know, I guess, the staple? Because when I, I think about Nintendo consoles, I think, of course, you think the core titles. I always think Smash. I always think Mario Kart. I always think Mario Party. I always think uh, Pokemon, you know? Yeah. So how, how how do you feel the progression has been going? As someone who who's an active Smash, you know, Smash Brothers fan, and like I said, I, I get on there and play, and I went through, of course, when it first came out, I, I, I played it a little bit more than I do now, but I haven't played Smash in, like, six months, I'm going to be honest, maybe more. Yeah, I mean, I'm just happy, stoked to know that you own the game. we got to play sometime if you're thinking to get better at it. I'm honestly. trash, so I don't even like playing with people, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I remember we were playing at your place one time, and 
Dang, that was like a while back. That was a while ago because it wasn't even old. Was it Ultimate? It was Ultimate. It was Ultimate. Okay, because then that was that had to have been someone else's Switch then because I did not have a Switch until you didn't have a Switch then. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, you did not. Yeah, someone brought it over at that party. Damn, that was a good time. Yeah, just playing Smash. We did have a party, and then (laughs) we had some friends there, and you had some drinks, and you said some stuff you probably shouldn't have said, but did I? It's all good. I I feel like I should always say more. You know. More, yes, but just maybe not when you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you did kind of try to get someone to sit on your lap who you had never met or spoken to before. So that was a little. That wasn't weird. at that time, though. That was a different time. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if you're helping your case by bringing that up then. <laughs> I think you're proving my point about that. <laughs> okay, so that generation, you know, I obviously stuck with PS2. And the funny thing is, it's just console wars were never really a thing that I paid attention to just because of the fact that my parents got me whatever they could get me. I never really had an interaction with an online community. To be honest, I didn't know people who were like, oh, I have this over this because of this reason. No, it's just like, this is just usually what your parents got you. You know, it wasn't until later, like PS3, PS4, when I started buying my own things that I started becoming more and more aware of, like, the quote-unquote console wars, which, like I said, is just kind of dumb. But it's it's one of those things that, you know, moving forward past the PS2, Xbox, because my parents still bought me that, that console when I started working, the first console war, I guess, for me at least, was the PS3 versus 360. Yeah. And I had a big point of contention with that whole thing because... I had the 360. In fact, I had multiple 360s. So the first time... So I'm going to tell a story on why my allegiance... My allegiances were always... And I say allegiance, and I use that term loosely. My preference. I think that's the better term. Because it's not like, oh my god, yes, I'm a lot. No, it's... I have a preference for Sony, obviously. So the 360 PS3 generation was so funny to me because I could not... I could not afford a PS3 when they first came out. I could not. They were like 600 bucks. And I'd go to GameStop, and I think at this time I was working part-time at Big Lots. I was work- I was living in Tampa, and I had just gotten a couple hundred bucks, and I was like, oh, man, you know what? I'm finally going to get a-, get a console. Well, here's the thing. The 360, if you were buying it like used, was actually way easier to buy or way cheaper to buy. Or maybe not way cheaper, but pretty much pretty cheap for someone whose money was very very limited and i think i went to like my local GameStop. i went i saw they had this was around the time that metal gear solid guns of the patriots had come out and i remember seeing the box because it had a picture of of snake on it the character from the game and i don't think it was like a limited edition for guns of the patriots uh but i think it was just like advertising it and I was like, man, it looks so cool, but I didn't have the money, so I bought a 360. So I bought, and I don't know if you remember this, the 360 had interchangeable hard drives. You could get like a 20 gigabyte hard drive, a 50 gigabyte hard drive. I don't know what the biggest one was, maybe 100 or 120 or maybe 250, but you got to keep in mind, this is in the early 2000s. So it's, it's definitely not like consoles today where it's like, oh, here's this one terabyte, two terabyte hard drive, you know? So... I bought the 360, I got a controller, I bought, like, whatever the sequel was to the Def Jam fighting games. I don't know if you were familiar with the Def Jam fighting games. Oh, I'm familiar with the Def Jam fighting games. So, I think it was, like, Def Jam, and then, like, Def Jam Fight for New York, and then there was another one that released on the 360. I don't know. 
Yeah, listen, I'm gonna be honest. I remember being garbage because I had never. I'll be honest. I never returned a game in my life at that. Point. What? At that. And point. this 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 was your first walk in. And like dispute in the, a game the first game that I bought that I in returned Tampa. was hey. Def Jam. <laughs> Whatever that Def Jam game was, because I was like, oh, this is bad. This is really, really bad. <laughs> but it's so funny because I I remember buying it. I got home. I was so excited. I was like, I finally have a console again. I, I'm I'm super thrilled about it. And I started hooking it up. I was like, oh great, let me let me let me hook it up. Let me let me see if I could play online. Well, that 360, you couldn't play online unless you bought this stupid one hundred dollar antenna that went on the back of it. So I was Wait, like, God really? Damn it. 360s had to have that? I thought you just had to connect an Ethernet cable to them. So here's the thing. My internet setup at the house was not... I basically... My setup was not super friendly to me connecting Ethernet to it. Okay. So it, it just wasn't practical because like it was in my room the only place that had ethernet was like in the living room and i'd have to run like a massive wire and this is before oh. amazon or any of that stuff so i basically had to connect to the wi-fi I see well what you mean. i went through all that and i was like fuck next week my second paycheck i go i get the 100 hundred dollar adapter thing and then it's like oh okay well you need xbox live i was like fuck. what so I had to go back to fucking GameStop. I'm sure they're tired of seeing me at this point. I was like, hey, I need an Xbox Live card. Or like, do you want three three months, six months, one month, a year? How much is the year? They're like, oh, it's like 60 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever it was at the time. I'm like, fine, I get it. Boom. That's the, so you're that's... playing Def Jam? No, I returned Def Jam at this point. <laughs> so it's funny because so I think I was playing whatever Halo game was out at the time because i remember that because i was in automotive school at the time and i was playing with this kid mike who i used to go to motor uh to automotive school with he had a 360 we were playing and i don't know if it was halo 3 or halo 2 i'm sure i'll, I'll be corrected somewhere but whichever one was on the 360 and we were playing i was like okay this is cool and i played the single player mode and i got all the uh I think you find like these skulls in the single player campaign, which gives you like this cool armor. And I was like, all right, so, you know, I had a pretty, pretty good experience with it. And I'll be honest, I don't remember what happened to that 360. Oh, yes, I do. That 360 got the red ring of death. So I think I bought it used because I don't remember buying it brand new. I'll be honest. I really don't. So I think I got it used. It got the red ring and I'm like Googling it. I'm like, what is going on? yada 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 and i remember there was this thing online they're like hey you can actually like force it out of red ring by like heating it up and someone's like wrap a towel around it turn it on it'll like heat up so much that something's gonna happen inside what so here's the thing i did that and it worked so i called microsoft support at this time they were doing this thing where if you had the red ring they would send you a box you would send them the console and then they would send it back to you once it was fixed dude this process had to have taken i think like multiple weeks and meanwhile i'm just sitting here like damn i don't have my console i what am i doing i was so bored they sent it back to me i'm like all right whatever and if I remember correctly, I think I sold that 360 to someone, like maybe one of my sister's friends or something like that, or, or you know, I can't, to be honest, I don't really remember what happened to it. Well, a couple of months later, my uncle, I think he had like bought a house or he was working at a house that the people had moved out of. 
he's like, hey, I found this. I don't know what it is. And it was, it was the, the 360 Elite. Just oh. the box. I don't know if you remember what the Elite was. The Elite was the, um, it was kind of like the PlayStation 3's newest model, isn't it? No. Because I know PlayStation 3 had like that really bulky square. And then you mm-hmm. had like that slim trim with like a sliding tray up top. That was yeah. Well, that was the the PS2 that had the the sliding tray up top. The the PS3 later had one that people called the George Foreman grill that had like a door that would slide. Yeah, open. yeah, yeah. But um, before it had like some sort of like the first installment of it, it had like sort of like a CD drive. Yeah. So the Elite is actually the 360 console. Yeah. It yeah. had the better internals. It had the bigger hard drive, which it did not come with the hard drive, so I did not have the hard drive. And I had this thing. I started buying stuff for it slowly. The fucking power brick for this thing was like 40 bucks. Like I said, my money, I was working part-time at Best Buy. I mean, I'm sorry, not Best Buy, Big Lots. I was maybe making like $8 an hour yeah. for like 16 hours of work. So it's so funny. I slowly started buying all the stuff I needed for I got it up and running. And I kid you not, about two months after I started playing it, this thing got Red Ring of Death. Oh, my God. And well, to be fair, it was some pickup that your uncle had found, right? Yes. But I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? So I contact Microsoft support. Like, all right, we sent it out. I got it. Now, here's the thing. I sent it out. They repaired it. And when I got the console back, they did not send me an Elite. They sent me a regular white Xbox. What? And, and I was livid i was livid dude i was so furious i contacted them they're like well you know they gave me some bullshit reason but i was like that does not make sense to me because despite the fact that i didn't buy it shouldn't i be getting the same console back or at least you can email me and let me know like hey this is we're gonna have to do this but no i opened the box i was excited about getting my elite back did not get it back um got just a regular plain jane white 360 so whatever i think i got rid of that one and here's here's the third and final strike for my console war 360 versus ps3 thing which it wasn't even a console war it's just xbox was a more affordable one at the time but i finally bit the bullet i think i was working somewhere else at this point i had a little bit extra money i bought a 360 brand new brand new just add to put in for it now at this yeah. point got one brand new because ps3 still wasn't an option sadly i got the stupid 100 dollars adapter i bought some games where i think i had like street fighter 4 or something on it and maybe like some other miscellaneous games now i will say before i bring up the negative things i always loved about the 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 360 i did really like i'm pretty sure you can still do the things where you can take music off of cds and their whole little avatar system where you made a little version of yourself i always thought that was super cool yeah that that was pretty interesting too compared to the switches i like that one yeah this was before the well maybe the wii hadn't come out yet i don't think it had or maybe it did to be honest i don't really remember or no actually the wii was out yes i remember because we had one at the house but theirs theirs was just really cool you had like your little avatar page and then you had the little background that you could put a setting in and I always really dug that. I think they later got rid of that little user interface. I really dug that. Well, here I am with my new 360. I got the stupid antenna for the Wi-Fi. I got my fucking games. I'm playing it. My sister comes into the room one day to grab like a towel. And she tips the console over on accident. Well, whatever internal sensor picks up the wireless remote broke. 
Oh, what? So I had to use the connection to play games. And at that time, of course, I didn't have like a six-foot Oh, like connection. an actual cable, right? Yeah, I had to have it use the cables. And I was so... That was like the final straw. That was like the final straw. I'm like, fuck this. I, I was just so mad, dude. Because I was like, it's always something with this fucking console. But, you know, so I ended up getting rid of that. And then, it's funny, I didn't get a PS3 until like 2009, I want to say. When I moved to New Orleans and I actually started working, you know, when I first started kind of getting into my field. Uh, you know, I yeah. wasn't making as much as I'm making now, obviously. But, you know, still living with my parents. I had expendable income. And then I, I'll never forget it, dude. It was one of my greatest moments of my life. I got, like, my first paycheck. I think my first paycheck for, like, two weeks was $600.13, like, exact. Nice. I went to Lakeside Mall. I went to GameStop. I was like, I want a PS3 brand new. Give me Tekken 6 because, you know, I love Tekken. And I think I might have gotten maybe Bioshock. A console and two games. That's like a classic startup right there. Yeah, and I think they had like a thing where it's like, oh, this one comes with like Uncharted 3. Well, obviously this is my first time owning a PS3, not having played any of the Uncharted games. I traded in Uncharted 3. They gave me a pretty good amount of credit for it too because at that time they were still giving you like decent credit. And I ended up getting like two other games that I wanted. Oh, real? Yeah. Like the Uncharted that came with the console, you traded it in. Yeah, get... I had to do a thing oh, where I had to dope. walk out of the store, open it, because they don't take trade-ins on new games. Yeah. So I literally had to like walk out the store, take the wrap off of it, come back in. I was like, hey, I want to trade this in. So. Oh. Yeah. But, dude, I went home. I hooked it in. At this time, you got to remember, you did not need PlayStation Plus to play online. Online play was free for PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, PlayStation was Plus was just if you wanted the free games every month. And the controllers, you know, you didn't, you didn't need the the batteries for, which is one thing that always drove me crazy about Xbox. First of all, the new Xbox console that's coming out still needs batteries unless you buy a pack for it. I think someone can correct me if they're wrong, but I think that's true. Yeah, you probably do need to buy batteries for the current Xbox controllers. So the the DualShock Three, you know, just USB rechargeable. And then, dude, from there, it was, like, it was done. It was history in the making. Like, I had it. It was mine. I bought it with my own money. The PS3 was the first generation that I actually took sides in in terms of my money. Because everything else was just, like, the, the, the buying the PS3 was, like, just a, such a profound moment for me. Because I finally felt like I had come back. I was kind of forced to get the 360 because it was so convenient money-wise. And I was like, I'm back. I'm back to where I want to be. But that's just, you know, that's just some person. That's just, maybe I just had really bad luck. You know, I bought a used console. I'm sure GameStop's way of testing consoles isn't as extensive as it is now. You know, you could get a dud from there. And then I had the the one that my sister tipped over, which obviously is not the console's fault. But I was like, really? Because you always promote this thing, like, being vertical like as opposed to horizontal so i would think that if it tips over once you know you wouldn't just break this crucial sensor inside yeah and it was just it it was so funny because even with the whole thing that happened with the elite once i got the ps3 it was just it was a wrap i i knew it was it was a wrap it was done you know (laughs) yeah i get that man sorry there's a lot of activity going on on my end okay it sounds like it's gone i'll just edit all this out yeah okay so Kind of moving forward from that, now we have the PS4, Xbox One, Xbox One 
X, which I'm pretty sure was Project Scorpio. The X series, which was I think. The improved version of it, you know, it had the 4K and all that. Yeah. What made you choose your PS4 and not get like an Xbox One X or One S or whatever they call it? Well, if it's if we're talking like you know how the current market is right now with online subscriptions being a thing and stuff like that it's still going to be something that we're still going to have to subscribe to even with playstation stuff like that i think at this point it's really up to anyone's real preference because they're all going to have similar aside from like maybe slight graphical differences in the consoles again yeah and like i said they're still going to be like point out things like the yes performance wise the xbox series x is in terms of like graphical fidelity you know third-party games do look better on it than they would like oh, yeah. a ps4 pro i can yeah. i can admit that on the forefront but yes uh, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no dude it's all good but really like it really depends on their exclusive lineups if you think about it just because some titles that you get for like xbox would be like gears of war uh halo stuff like that so if you're into like shooters and stuff you know i think you would definitely be more into what the xbox has to offer but with playstations you got like ghost of tsushima you got spider-man you got these in-depth story role-playing games that really it's more like i don't want to say like i feel like xbox kind of becomes more of like this it's more of like a public console, you know, like you, 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 most people get Xboxes for online features, you know, like games and stuff like that. But PlayStation, they and stuff are like very it's more heavy like on the multiplayer experience, yes. Yeah, definitely. Like online multiplayer, at least, you know, with Switch, you got at least local and stuff like that. But like with PlayStation, I feel like that's something you just casually play to yourself or something like that. Like, you definitely have like your competitive titles like if you're into fighting games and stuff like that you definitely have that option available too mm-hmm. but like when it comes to like exclusive titles with like spider-man and ghost of tsushima like i was saying before like you know it, i i just think they're story driven games mm-hmm. they have a lot more interesting titles compared to what the xbox would give me so that, that's probably why i would go with the playstation so if, first party exclusivity you're saying is a, is a very big deciding factor for you yeah it, it definitely like some some sales or for like game they, they sell specifically only to like certain consoles and stuff like that so yeah like, I, I think that sony's strong suit really is and this is a good portion of why i have you know the, the preference for them you know, in terms, of, I, I I even hate the term console war. Anyone who's listening is gonna be like, "Oh, these guys just love Sony." It's like, yes, I yeah. do. But I've 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 explained throughout this episode, I've had almost every Xbox console. It's just my personal experience is what it just didn't really do it for me in terms of something yeah. that I want. Someone who is who is in, as integrated in, in gaming as I am, someone who does it as much as I do. It's like I I, I have a certain expectation and sony has met those some not all the time you know there have been some flops i'm not gonna lie but i feel like what sony offers is what i'm looking for which is i I love the third party narrative driven games you know i love the the storytelling i feel like first of all you have first party studio studios from from sony you have naughty dog the uncharted franchise made the last of us i mean these guys are the kings of storytelling Oh yeah. 
I'm not gonna lie. I can say this in 2020 as someone who just recently beat The Last of Us Part Two and has replayed The Last of Us like four times. Every time I play, and this is a slight warning for anyone who has not played the first Last of Us, but to be honest, you've had many years to play it. You should have by now, so. I've recently played it myself. If actually. you don't want to have the first 10 minutes of the first Last of Us spoiled for you, just come back in like three minutes. But when you play through the first opening section of the last of us and you play as joel and that outbreak starts happening and his daughter sarah dies dude i cry every time mm. it's such I, an I felt emotionally emotions. impactful scene that i'm like oh my god and then that's how the game starts and it sets the tone for how the rest of the story is gonna go and i'm like jesus christ like how is it that me, a person who, who's usually like an emotional shell, like I have a hard time having genuine emotions and hear this thing that just stirs shit up for me and it, it gets me to the point where I'm like tearing at this. And Naughty Dog is just so great. I want to touch base uh, uh, for a second or two on some of Sony's first party studios. Uh, obviously Naughty Dog, Uncharted, The Last of Us, you know, way back in the day, Crash Bandicoot, the Polyphony, Polyphony Digital, uh, if you don't know, Poly Polyphony is a Sony first party studio that they do the Gran Turismo franchise, which I'm a car guy. I love racing games. I know not everyone was really into racing games, and but Gran Turismo is not a racing game. It says it in the title. Gran Turismo is a driving simulator, and hmm. this game is so technical in its application. It teaches you understeer, oversteer, countersteering, how to break into a turn, how to break into consecutive turns, you know, how to accelerate coming out of an apex. It It's so precise. Really? And, oh, wow. yeah, man. Uh, I like to think Gran Turismo is the reason why I never needed anyone to teach me how to drive because I just got it. It just clicked. I'm super excited. Gran Turismo, the new one that's coming out, I think it's 7 for the PlayStation 5. It's one of the titles I'm most excited for because their games are so precise and the car lists are just... Um, I think Gran Turismo 6 on the PlayStation 3 had like over a thousand cars to choose from and you could do online races you could do like the le mans 24 hour races and things like that so 24 with, hour races yeah you do them in increments but you know oh, it's usually okay. times you don't it's not 24 consecutive hours but uh, it's say, over like, the span of 24 hours yeah um polyphony you know obviously recently acquired of course uh insomniac who's responsible for spider-man mm -hmm. um great game which is so funny because when insomniac was first rumored and they're like you know sony has acquired sony you know obviously insomniac and everyone's like what is their next game this is before we even knew what it was and the rumors were like they're working on a spider-man game and i was like what insomniac is working on a spider-man game why and I remember I was like, I had my, I had so much doubts because I was like, why would you, this very talented studio, like limit yourself to a Marvel franchise? And then I played it and I was like, holy shit, this makes sense. It's fluid. The story was great. The, the immersion was so fun. Sometimes I just found myself just like swinging through the city, not even doing anything. And it's just, it's, and then God of War. Oh my God, God of War. Wait, is that a PlayStation exclusive title? Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. wow. You're okay, that's a great that example right there. Yeah. God of War, another game that, in terms of gameplay, and shout out to Corey Barlog, um, because he knew exactly what needed to happen 
with God of War and with Kratos as a, as a character for people to care about it. Because I'm be honest, I don't really care for the God of War games, the original one. I'm talking about one, two, three, and then Ascension, and then I think it's yeah. like Ghost of Sparta on the PSP. But God of War on the PS4 is one of the best games I've ever played, and the story is powerful. The upgrade system is incredible. Um, it's just enough that I feel fulfilled, but something that doesn't overstay its welcome. When you beat the game, there's still more if you want to do more. And, you know, you have, like, games like Horizon Zero Dawn. That's what I'm saying. Like, Sony is... They know where their bread is buttered, and it's in, like, third-person narrative-based action games. Yeah. And they're just so fun and I, I you know of course like dead by daylight you can play on any console you can play it on pc call of duty you're of course going to be able to play every year on every console but it, it's one of those things that i i just love the the experiences that i've had on it and it's so funny because i don't know if you remember when they first announced the xbox one and the ps4 the weird naming convention with xbox has always thrown me off because i was like okay you went from xbox to xbox 360 okay i guess that kind of makes sense but then from 360 you went to xbox one and then from xbox one I, i'll be honest they just I, started their account basically yeah it's 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 always throwing me out like ps4 makes sense ps playstation 1 playstation 2 playstation 3 playstation 4 maybe the 360 was supposed to mean zero xbox zero <laughs> who knows man but it's, <laughs> it's so funny because when they first started releasing there was like this whole thing with you weren't necessarily it, it, it was rumored that you weren't going to be able to share games on 360 and there was like this whole controversy behind it because they were trying to go into like this different direction and then they ended up you know backpedaling on that and they made the console more similar to what the previous one was which is you know you could still share games i think it was like a thing where like if you put your disc into your console it would register like a key and then if you took that disc and tried to like let your friend borrow it for instance it would know that it wasn't the original console so it didn't matter if you had the disc you could not play it on someone else's console so you couldn't really share games luckily for them they never went down that route hmm yeah that would be a bad rabbit hole but it's so funny i remember uh i think it was adam who was it was it adam boys and shuhei yoshida who at the time he has a different title now but at the time i think he was like head of worldwide studios for sony and they released a video this the thought was the funniest thing in the world because these are two like corporate guys you know heads of departments and it's like oh this is how you share games on ps4 and it's just like shuhei yoshida passing the other dude the cartridge and like that's it that's how you share games on ps4 so <laughs> i appreciated those little jabs because i was like oh you know it's funny because you you know it, it's and of course me having a playstation preference it, it was just one of those things that it, it, it was a no-brainer like ps4 i got a day one i ended up selling it because i didn't have a job at the time after maybe like six months after i got it i lost my job and i needed money so i sold it but then when destiny one came out i bought a, the destiny uh piece ps1 uh, ps4 i'm sorry oh, uh must the have been nice one. to have that back in the oh house. it was so beautiful it was so right. beautiful and of course you know the vita and all that but it, it just i knew that i wanted to play uncharted i knew that i wanted to play these specific games and that's why i have that leanings towards playstation and the playstation 5 when people are like oh you know it's it's here's what i care about the playstation 5 is god of war 2 going to be on it yes is the next gran turismo game going to be on it of course it is the sequel to horizon which i think is called forbidden west yes the sequel to spider-man miles morales yes yeah dude are they gonna do a last of us part three i wouldn't want them to because i feel like the last one ended so well and obviously i'm not gonna go into any spoilers for last of us part two but 
I'm perfectly fine leaving that story where it is. And I'm just excited for the things that I don't know about, the new franchises, like all that sort of stuff. And just the integration with the controller. Like you put any PlayStation controller in my hand and you blindfold me, you tell me where is X, where is triangle, where is square, where is circle, you know, where is L1, R1, L2, R2, where is that? I know all of yeah, that. Dude. On the Xbox, I don't know. It's like A, B, whatever it is. Y, X, left trigger, like left trigger, and it's it, it it it's just where I'm comfortable. Yeah, same. So that's at least that's how I feel, you know. And anyone, anyone listening out there, like I said, of course we have a, a a leanings towards PlayStation, and the whole concept of console wars, in my opinion, is kind of dumb because it's like enjoy what you enjoy. I'm happy that there are people out there that had nothing but good experiences with Xbox. You know, I was just unfortunate that I did not. And that being said, one of the things I noticed, you know, Microsoft recently had a, a reveal event uh, for some of their things. And I watched it. Of course I watched it because I'm interested. I want to know what they're doing. You know, they talked about Fable, which is a very beloved franchise for a lot of people. I think the new Fable is going to be on the, the new Xbox system. They talked about, I think there's this game called Avowed that's done by Obsidian. Obsidian, a studio that... Uh, Microsoft recently purchased and people will know them best because they were the team that made Fallout New Vegas mm. Xbox Games Pass which in my opinion is and everyone says this but it's because it's true Xbox Games Pass is the if not the best deal in gaming right now one of the best because it's I think it's like $15 a month but every first party title so your Halo's your Forzas, your Gears of War, all those titles are available to you on Xbox Games Pass the day that they come out. If you Damn. have the subscription, you just pay $15 a month and you have access to the whole Xbox first-party library. And I think they even put other games on it kind of like PlayStation Plus does, and it's it's an incredible deal. You know, and I think they recently and at that reveal event said that there's going to be an Xbox like PC Pass where you can play these games on pc oh, that's and awesome. that excites me in a sense because you know i like forza you know i don't really care for gears of war or halo to be honest because i just that's it's not the particular type of shooters that i like to play but if i want to play them i can play them on my pc i don't have to worry about getting this console you see microsoft strong suit is i really feel like they're kind of inching towards becoming like a service as, a, as opposed to a platform and I think that would be great because they're, they're, if their whole message right now is we don't care where you play our games as long as you're playing your games, who, you know, who wouldn't want to see Halo on PlayStation 4, whether or not that ever happens? Yeah. I think that it's still too early. I think maybe this generation and possibly the generation after that. I mean, we'll see how long this generation lasts. The last generation, I think, was like about seven years. But it's one of those things that I look at and I I get excited for because this generation, the PS4, the Xbox One, I feel we're very similar to one another. And I feel like this next generation, PS5, Xbox, you know, whatever. I feel like Sony's going in the direction of we're going to give you reasons to want a PlayStation 5. And these are yeah. things that you can only get on PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. And Microsoft is kind of leaning a little bit towards the we're going to show you why you should be playing our stuff. Whether or not you play it on a console, whether or not you play it on a PC. And I think those two differing approaches are exciting because we're going to see at the end of the generation cycle like how impactful it is. Do people mm. care about exclusives? 
or do people just care about playing games altogether? Because I, I know I have a preference for exclusives. You know, I do too. Bloodborne is uh, one of the best games I've ever played, and it's only available on PlayStation. I'm excited for Wait, the Wait, isn't that a game from the uh, Dark Souls series, right? Bloodborne? It's a Souls-like, so it's... Okay. Yeah, but it's great. You should play it. Hmm. Hard as hell. I got the Platinum Trophy in it, though. So... I'm excited, you know, and the the whole overall arching topic of this episode was the console wars, where we side, and where we are kind of going into the new generation, entering this new generation, and I'm not going into this generation, or I don't think I've gone into any generation, with the exception of maybe the early PS3, 360 generation, just because I had those experiences with Xbox that were off-putting to me, and I leaned more towards PlayStation, but... The whole concept of console was like, oh, this is better because of this. This is better. Oh, the, the, the Xbox controller is better than the PlayStation controller. Like, oh well, at least you don't have to fucking put batteries in the PlayStation controller. And you know yeah. the, that the back and forth, the bickering of it is really just dumb to me because it's, let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. Yeah. One of the things that we preached about in the first episode is like we want this to be a place for everybody. You know, we don't want to alienate anyone based on anything. So it's, I think it's great when you see two people from like opposing sides, quote unquote, and they can have dialogue and I, I can respect someone, you know, for, for not having that need to like stand up for the thing that you like. It's like, well, let, let people like what they like. It's okay. It's fine. Like yeah, we're, right. I mean, we're adults now, good. me and you, Dylan, I think next year I turn 30. How old are you now? Shit. I'm about to turn 27 in a couple of weeks. 27 oh shit good for you what are you doing for your hey, birthday uh, uh probably still staying home quarantined hell yeah. yeah yeah man i'm looking forward to it i need Whatever to get in contact out, with you also i need to develop some sort of system i need you to go to bud's broiler get me two hamburgers and then like send them to me overnight in the mail that would be great <laughs> if you could hook that up um we're gonna make it happen bud's yeah. broilers yeah but yeah guys Tell us what you think. I'm super glad that we could have this conversation. This episode was actually Dylan's idea. Yeah. We're going to do some episodes on some other stuff, but I, I always like to get with him in like the middle of the week after we record to kind of touch base and see where we're at and things that we want to talk about. Yeah. You know, some episodes I want Dylan to kind of be on the forefront on what he's bringing to the table topic-wise. One of the big things about me is sometimes I feel like it kind of, like, strong arm the conversation and i don't want you guys to just be listening strictly just to me dylan has been doing such a great job at at you know giving us input and coming back and forth and you know i i very i value your opinion very much um, thanks man and our conversations are something we've been recording for over an hour and you know i feel like we could go on all day unfortunately i do have a lot of other stuff to do today and i will be yeah, editing this later because i feel like we learned a lot from episode one yeah uh, episode zero is obviously lost to the ether um and i did actually now that I, I bring that up i did have a correction for last episode um i know some people probably won't care but i just want to keep us as honest as possible i wanted to be as as accurate as possible i think last episode i said that i bought far cry 4 5 and 6 on the playstation store for like you know super cheap it was obviously not far cry 6 far cry 6 does not come out yet it, although it was recently announced uh it was far cry primal so that's what i was referring to back then like i said i just want to keep ourselves honest i don't want us to have a you know a show with misinformation yeah sometimes are we gonna get stuff wrong of course we are but i promise that as long as one of us catches it i always want to be you know the first to say hey this is a mistake this is a 
this is what I meant. Or if we misspeak, you know, we're not, I'm not a professional speaker. I say, um, and you know, a lot. And I try to edit a lot of that stuff out so you guys don't have to worry about listening to that. So, and then there you go. I just did it right there. So <laughs> that's the perfect example. Well, but, I didn't even notice. But if you're calling yourself out, man. All right. Well, dude, like, I think you do pretty well, though. Like, you, you carry a lot of the forefront with the conversation. And, you know, you shouldn't be beating yourself up too much on it, honestly. You're a great storyteller. And I think... Like, if anything, the audience might be interested in hearing a lot of that, that a lot more than anything else, honestly. Yeah. Well, I want, I want you to get there, too, Dylan. I, I don't want the conversations to feel. You've been doing, like I said, we're, we're slowly going to be getting this down pat. Yeah, we're, it's, we're still very much a work in progress. Just a, a slight update for everyone. Um, the website is almost finished. Um, like, 85% of the way there. I just have to finish editing some stuff. I will be releasing episodes one and two at the same time. And then I want to get, especially with you, Dylan, I think a, a weekly episode for you guys. So right now, me and Dylan are recording every Saturday morning in the earlier half of the day. I think that we, you know, that schedule works for both of us. And I think that once we get our routine down pat, you know, I'm in the process of having someone work for an outro theme for the show. I'm in talks with some people of coming to do very specific topics uh, as well. And, you know, we're just going to keep working on this. We're going to keep improving on it. And, you know, it's going to get better and better over time. I have some people coming to help me up with my setup because I want to make sure that the audio quality is there. And I, you know, I want to deliver the best possible product I can for you guys, and I want you guys to be a part of that. And I think that we have a, a, a very good understanding of of what people like and what people want to hear. And sometimes we don't, you know. This episode, you know, we just had the overall topic of the console wars and entering a new generation. But I would like to do specific episodes on specific games or specific, you know systems or what have you or like favorite video game songs things like that you know i don't want to give away too many topics but it's just something that you guys can look forward to you know not every episode is going to be us just rambling some of them are going to be very specific to certain things so yeah formal slash not too formal so dylan is there anything you want to say more anything you want to add anything you feel like we didn't touch base on that you want to no, you know man, maybe... uh, i felt like things were pretty well today uh, I want to thank whoever's listening to episode two, obviously, that, you know, staying in tune with whatever we're putting out there and trying to stay up to date. I appreciate y'all for just coming in to listen. It's nice. And just enjoy having a conversation with you, man. It's yeah. really relaxing. You too, man. It's, it's, we, I felt like we were a little bit distant from one another for a while. You know, yeah. COVID hit and then you were busy with school and my job was just basically ruining my life. <laughs> Nah, man. But um, you're, you're staying busy, man. I'm glad we could kind of reconnect because you know we, me and you, hit it off almost immediately. Yeah, man. And it's good to to feel that reconnection, even though we're living in different states. But we still want to get this project off of the ground. And same, like I said, it is going to be a bit of a process. But I'm I'm yeah. happy to go through the shit show with you. And, yeah, man. Uh, to be honest, I I just gotta say, I I hope like even just a tenth of your enthusiasm towards this project will rub off on me because you seem very like dedicated to all this stuff man and I, I i respect that you know if there's anything i can do to maybe lend a hand or more i can help with whenever it comes to you know getting us up and running with the gaming disorder podcast just let me know okay 
appreciate it, man. Thank you. I will reach out to you a little bit later, but like I said, I have notebooks full of notes and scribblings, and I tried drawing Mega Man at one point because I know we talked about doing an episode about Hell Mega yeah. Man X, but I'm glad you came you came to us with this topic because I feel like it's very relevant, especially now, because we are exiting a generation going into a new generation fairly soon in a couple of months, yeah, and you know you do see those those allegiances form in the the oh, yeah. quote-unquote console wars despite the fact that i think that you know people who have every console of course yeah, man. not everyone is a financial position because you know when these consoles first come out they are expensive i'm i'm assuming here on july 25th 2020 the playstation 5 is probably gonna be if i had to guess because there's two SKUs of it the digital version and the version with the blu-ray drive I am personally going to be going with the one with the Blu-ray drive because Wait, I have a lot of 4K. Wait, there's a digital games. version of the PlayStation 5? Yes. Okay, so at the reveal event, what? they showed two versions. One that has a disk drive and one that does not have the disk drive. So if you are someone kind of like me that mainly buys games digitally, uh, that would be the perfect option for you. The okay. other one has the, you know, you can still put discs in it, but it has a 4K Blu-ray player, and I have a lot of 4K Blu-rays. So that's kind of why I will be going towards that one. The assumption is that because one has a disc drive and the other one doesn't, that there will be a price difference, which I can't imagine that there won't be, because obviously you have components in one that aren't going into the other. Oh, so yeah. I predict 399 for the digital-only version and 499 for the disc drive version with the blu-ray player so yeah to conclude this somehow so a little wrap-up thank you guys for listening uh obviously this episode was really focused on that transition from generation to generation and i look forward to the next transition and just thank you guys again everyone for listening i'll be editing this and publishing it shortly um right now it looks like i'm we're we're really aiming for iTunes, Spotify. I'm still in the process of seeing about Pocket Cast and Stitcher, and I will be trying to post the RSS feeds on our website, uh, thegamingdisorderpodcast.com. If you guys have any questions, concerns, thoughts, opinions, constructive criticism, anything like that, you can send it to our email, which is the constructive. I'm sorry, the constructive, <laughs> the gaming disorder podcast at gmail.com. Please feel free. Do not hesitate to write in. Um, we look very much forward. We look very much forward to your input. And yeah, this has been episode two. I am the Forte Jorge. With me, as always, Dylan. Yes. Thank you. And right, we guys. will see you guys next week for episode right. three, El Número Tres. Right. And hopefully, it's better than this one. And hopefully, you love it as much as we love doing it. Yeah, we'll see you there. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.